you know, lower. And, and that's really a class issue. And, and race does come into play. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. And we are back. So if you are listening to us right now, that means either you did not go to church this morning or you went early this morning um, and now you're back from church. um, Or maybe you're not uh, practicing um, a religious group. And so you didn't you know, you're not a practicing some religion. So you didn't go to church or maybe you're going to go to church later. Maybe you're listening Um, in church or maybe you're listening in church. If you are, you you should probably shut us off and go back to listening. Or maybe you just shouldn't go at all if you're going to listen to our church. But anyways, if you're wondering why I am talking about church right now, it is because um, this week the Supreme Court heard its latest religious liberty case, and it's a case called Trinity Lutheran Church of Columbia uh, Incorporated versus Comer. And this is a case that involves the First Amendment. It involves separation of church and state. Um, it involves the Missouri State Constitution, which is apparently, um, you know, very protective of separation of church and state, which is so- sort of surprising to me, because um, when I think Missouri, I tend to think red state. Mm -hmm. Um, And I tend to think a a state that would be more favorable towards religion in some ways. But in fact, the Missouri state constitution, which I'm going to get into in a minute, actually makes sure to favor no religions, uh, believe it or not. So um, as you probably or should be aware, the First Amendment creates separation between church and state. It says that Congress shall not pass any laws that respect the uh, establishment of any religion or that abridge the free exercise thereof, which is essentially to say uh, that Congress cannot pass laws that specifically target any religion or religious groups um, and that essentially our government has to be secular and it has to remain neutral. I know this comes as a surprise to many that seem to think we live in a Judeo-Christian country um, and in some part they may be correct that some of the values of America are built on Judeo-Christian values um, but in in theory that is actually incorrect. Most of our founders were actually deists uh, who were very anti-religion in, in many ways. And so they created the Constitution and they set up our system of government uh, so that it would, uh, you know, be separate and apart from our system of churches and that there would be a, a dividing line between church and state. Um, so this case that I am talking about, it involves an initiative uh, by Missouri in 2012 to encourage schools to use recycled tires to produce playground surfaces that would be safer for kids. Um, When I was growing up, there was actually rocks in our playground. I swear to God, rocks. And they were not safe at all. And if you fell on them, they hurt very, (laughs) very badly. And I do not know who made the decision to have rocks in the playground. Um, But I guess, you know, it was the 80s um, and the early 90s. And it was okay to have uh, rocks in a playground. But now we do not put rocks in playgrounds. Instead, we want to make them safe. So I bet you're sitting there thinking, what? What do recycled tires and playgrounds have anything to do with religious liberty? Um, And that is a fair question because it seems really far-fetched. Well, the religious liberty battle actually begins when a preschool that is run by Trinity Lutheran Church was denied a grant to participate in the program because under the Missouri Constitution, state funds cannot be used for religious activities. So... The Missouri State Constitution states, quote, no money shall ever be taken from the public treasury directly or indirectly 
in aid of a church. So Trinity Lutheran Church, they wanted to get a grant. They wanted to get a grant in order to build this playground so that they would have a safer playground. And so they applied for this grant. And the reason they were denied for this grant is because they were a religious school. So the state said, we cannot give you any money because if we give you money, then we may be, it may look like we're trying to back a certain religious group. Um, and so we can't do that because our constitution says we can't do it. Well, Trinity Lutheran Church sued and they argued that the state's action actually constituted religious discrimination in violation of the federal constitution's free exercise and equal protection clauses. And what they said is by giving money to non-religious schools, but by denying religious schools this money, the state was actually discriminating against a school based on religion because they were saying that schools that were not religious could get the money, but that schools that were religious could not get the money. Um, So this went all the way up to the Supreme Court and was heard this week by the Supreme Court and the liberal justices, Elena Kagan and Stephen Breyer, they actually joined some of the conservative justices in questioning the state about where the line should be drawn when the church says that it plans to use this money not for any religious activity but to protect children for a playground and essentially sort of all the justices in some ways agreed that if the money is not going to any religious activity then it should be able to go to a religious group whether it's a Christian group or a Muslim group group or a Jewish group, um, and that the line really is, is the money going for a religious purpose? And if the money is going for a religious purpose, then the state has a right to say, we cannot get involved in that because we do not put secular funds towards religious groups. But if the money is going for a non-religious purpose, such as building a playground, um, and that, you know, the playground would need to be built, whether it was a Christian group or a Muslim group or a Jewish group or any other religious group for that matter, then that may be the line. Um, So Justice Ginsburg actually was looking at a court decision from 1947, where the Supreme Court previously said that what the framers of our Constitution and of our government did not want was tax money being imposed to pay for building or maintaining churches or church property. And so according to Justice Ginsburg, this precedent... um, really states that it doesn't matter whether it's going for a church playground or for a church building because taxpayers should not be responsible for paying for church-related or uh, religious-related buildings or playgrounds or anything like that. Um, But the other justices sort of said, well, you know, maybe that is passe at this point. And maybe, you know, we have to really look at what the money is going for and and whether it's going for a religious purpose. Um, Back in January of 2015, the federal appeals court actually rejected the church's claims. Um, Advocates for separation between church and state believe that if the Supreme Court rules in favor of the church, this could clear the way for the government under certain circumstances being required to give state funds to religious institutions. And so that is a big issue for supporters of separation of church and state, which is, you know, on one hand, they see that, you know, like this is for something that's not religious. But on the other hand, they're saying, well, it could be a slippery slope. And they're concerned about the slippery slope that may be occurring. Uh, supporters of the church believe that they will be pre- they will prevail. And in fact, many people who watch the Supreme Court actually think that they are going to prevail, that there are going to be religious, just religious, I'm sorry, liberal justices that join in favor of this because, you know, it's going to come down to whether funding this playground is impermissible funding of religion or instead whether it's the kind of neutral state program for which religious groups cannot be excluded. Um, As I said, the lawyers for the church argue that using religion to determine which schools can get a grant and which schools can
and that actually is religious discrimination. So there's sort of two weird things at play right here, which is, you know, one, is it religious discrimination to not give the money? And two, if they are given the money, does that also violate the Constitution? Um, So it sort of sets out a catch-22. Lastly, I want to mention that this could have significant effects on all over the country because there's only almost 40 other states that have similar provisions and the way the Supreme Court rules could actually not just affect the state of Missouri but could affect the 40 other states that also have this provision. There's sort of this procedural wrinkle as well that I should mention, which is on the eve of the Supreme Court arguments, the newly elected governor of Missouri, uh, who's a Republican, recently announced that the administration is going to reverse course and actually is going to give the grant money. And so that has the Supreme Court questioning whether or not this issue is actually moot. Um, As many people will not be aware, if a case goes up to the Supreme Court, but by the time it gets there, the issue is no longer at controversy. Usually we consider that issue now moot. And so there is a possibility that the the justices may decide to kick this case completely and say, we can no longer decide this uh, this issue because the issue is now moot. However, that really did not receive much attention during the oral arguments. So more likely than not, we are going to get a substantive decision in this case. And, you know, usually I have a prediction for you, but in this case, I really don't. My only prediction is I think they're going to rule in favor of the church, but I don't know whether it's going to be a very, very narrow ruling or whether it's going to be very, very broad. That is going to have broad implications for the separation of church and state. So I guess we'll just wait and see on that definitely okay so on that note we do just want to thank everyone for hanging out with us here on let your voice be heard we want to thank our callers our special guest of course the people's climate movement we have the national coordinator paul gets call in and tell us about the upcoming people's climate march and i just want to leave everyone with this i know we bash trump and we talk about the atrocities going on in our country all the time but we can take action and a simple action maybe it wouldn't might not be as simple but we can all come out on saturday to support the people's climate march and even if you can't make it to washington dc you can support right here in new york city or you can even start a group in your own community telling people that it's time to take action so on that note we also want to uh just say Thanks for tuning in. Check us out on iTunes at Let Your Voice Be Heard Radio. Check out our website at lyvbh.com. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday, and we'll be back next Sunday right here on WHCR 90.3 FM. I ain't trying to cuff, yeah, I'm trying to, yeah. You ain't trying to, yeah, pack your stuff, yeah, ay.